Taking your calls uh, tomorrow, we have a very interesting day with Dr. Harvey Reish and Dr. Kelly Victory back. Uh, interesting article has been published. Um, it's a controversial article. It was published in a reasonable journal, but it has a somewhat of a firebrand as one of his lead lead authors. Uh, I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, we have a response to the article. I knew there had been some sort of scathing responses to it because it was it it was a somewhat convoluted article. But it was not a bad article. It was a, an analysis, and I think it warrants uh, examination. And it seemed to have a signal. I'm not sure we can uh, rely on the accuracy of the signal. And uh, Dr. Gorski, uh, on September 5th, wrote a very long response to uh, analysis of this study. And his, his analysis is actually quite good as well. So I'm on the fence on this one. I'm trying to figure it out. I haven't finished his analysis yet, but it's uh, pretty clear as compared to the article being a little bit foggy. So let's get to that in your questions after this. Our laws as it pertains to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it, I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. So uh, let me just first uh, address Dr. Gorski's analysis, which is really good. The, the analysis was good. He editorializes a lot during it, and th that kind of it worries me that that's affecting his analysis. You know, when you constantly he, he has been unfairly attacked by the anti-vax vaccine community, and so he's very sensitive to this stuff. And I don't blame him. But he says things like. This paper is nothing less than anti-vax misinformation disguised as reanalysis of the original Pfizer and Moderna trials. Now, as you remember, um, uh, Naomi Wolf also was looking at some of that data, and she had some concerns about it as well. Again, I, I'm trying to reserve judgment on all of this. Uh, I'd like to see some unmotivated uh, sort of analysis of these things. It looked like, let me give you uh, Dr. Victory's analysis, which was kind of interesting. If you give me a second, I'll pull it up. She felt what she was saying. Now, you know, Dr. Victory, you know, gets, gets, um, believes some of the things we see in these articles. Uh, study some of the study material. Yeah, 4.3 serious adverse, yeah, 4.3 serious adverse events for every hospitalization avoided. So that was her, and, and I did see that kind of data in there. Though again, it was obfuscated a little bit. So for every four serious adverse events, and they define serious adverse events as hospitalization, death or disability so serious um and it was primarily again in the younger population so uh, i want to get clear that in in this article that was published and i think it's the original was called vaccine and now of course i don't have the article up uh, way to go being prepared for that i was busy with uh, busy with dr gorski's article 
uh, and I think you put it up there, uh, Caleb, before, we, there it is, Serious Adverse Events of Special Interest, yeah, Vaccine was the journal, uh, and it, it was interesting, again, it was a, a good idea, this is what, you know, peer review is about, and this is what re-examination is about, but it, it reinforced my notion, at very minimum, it reinforced, directionally, it reinforced my notion that the savings in terms of hospitalizations saved or serious adverse events saved from COVID versus serious adverse events from the vaccine, clearly beneficial over the age of 65. I keep saying this, and, and I, as time goes on, I get clearer and clearer about it, particularly over the age of 75. And I've given it out to now hundreds of patients in that age group. They've all been boosted. They're all gonna get their Omicron next month. They have tolerated it well. Uh, I've not seen a single adverse event, and they have had milder COVID. They've all pretty much got COVID at one time or another. Some of them took Paxlovid. Some of them had rebound from the Paxlovid. But for the most part, this is a population, I, I deal, deal with a lot of elderly, chronically ill patients. This is a population that would have done poorly with COVID, even Omicron, prior to these therapeutics and vaccines. And the, the savings of serious adverse consequence of the infection clearly is outweighed by the serious adverse events of the vaccine. The, the whole controversy, it seems to me, is under the age of 40, really, and maybe even under the age of 30, and maybe even under the age of 25, that young, and particularly males, and particularly the Moderna vaccine, we're seeing some signals that are of concern. Now, I know Dr. Victories, and uh, we also heard this from Dr. Malone, that they're worried that somehow this is affecting the immune system and people are having more cancers or infections or something. I, I will totally reserve judgment on that. I'm not saying it's not happening, but you know, when you've vaccinated a billion people, it's, it's hard to tease out that kind of data. Now, uh, Alex Berenson has been very excited about the excess deaths that have uh, been around lately. I can easily understand those in terms of lockdown. I, I mean, uh, the the delay in treatment, the mental health consequences, I, I don't know. I, I know some people are looking at seasonality and things like that. There are excess deaths. Now, there is a correlation between massive mRNA distribution and these excess deaths. M maybe that's because they have an older population. Maybe they're more at risk there. I, I don't know. I, there needs to be a lot more analysis of all of this before we all start um, really freaking out about it. I, I though, if I were treating a 25-year-old or a 17-year-old male and they asked me about the vaccine, that'd be a hard decision to make. I would have to make it with the patient and with the parents. And we'd have to go over all these issues that are being kind of sorted out. I, I don't think Dr. Gorski attacking the article makes the issue any less pertinent. We had the circulation article where there was five times more myocarditis. So there, there's a signal out there. The question is at what risk versus what benefit? This article attempted to answer that question and it didn't look good. Uh, let's see, Andrew Ashkazvili asked, I'd be a five a month ago, how long am I protected? The CDC says three months. They want you to get your vaccine three months later. My experience has been at least six months, uh, unless you've had Paxlovid. If you had Paxlovid for the BA5, then it's more like six weeks, which is what I've seen. Now, that's not in the science yet. It's what I've seen clinically. So that's it. So you you are probably good for six months. They were they suggest you get it at three months. 
But if you see what the CDC is doing, they are streamlining and rounding up on all of their recommendations, right? They, they've said now on the record, when Dr. Offit said young males maybe shouldn't get the Omicron booster, they were asked about it. Dr. Walensky said, well, we're just going to stick with 12 and above to simplify our messaging. That is pretty crazy that she said that into a microphone. But uh, she's not gone back on it, so I guess they mean it. So same thing I'm imagining with the three months, that the reality is it's probably a good bit better than that, but they're just rounding up in a certain direction, so to speak. Uh, let's see. Why are there no discussion of other meds on board versus comorbidities? Uh, Eric, I don't know what you're talking about specifically. Uh, Bass Chica, Paxlovid is not useless. I've been using it quite a bit, and it people are better the next day, almost without exception. I mean, it is, it is striking how effective it is. Now, I'm having plenty of rebound happen you know, a week later, so you know it's not it's not as though it's not without consequence. And my own daughter took Paxlovid, boom, better right away, and then got it again six weeks later, now or two months later, something like that, w way way sooner than you would otherwise expect. So that's the that's some of the things with the, with Paxlovid. All right, uh, Andrew did not take the Paxlovid. Um, that's fine. Um, and and again, the, the reason I measure. I'm not very enthusiastic about these so-called early treatments with, uh, you know, the medicines that cannot be named, which is so ridiculous, but okay, is because I've, I've seen them used a lot, and they didn't do much. And it's literally, you're sitting there, I've said this before, I said this yesterday, you're looking at people who get better on these medicines, the eye medicines, the HCQ medicine, whatever it might be. And uh, and there's actually another one. Caleb, you never got me that data on the... Uh, the other one, the the CMM, whatever they call it. Oh snap! I, I'll get it. Yeah, I gotta get it. It's okay. It's there's a, a third yeah. one that people are using <laughs> that I, I can't imagine has any utility. But you know, I've seen people use these things, and in people that were really sick, they kept getting sicker. In people that were young and probably going to get well anyway, they got well anyway. I didn't see really a change in the course of the illness. With Paxlovid, it's rather dramatic. It's dramatic in how it changes it. Uh, Okay, uh, let's see. I'm looking at your questions here. Uh, what do I advise for a healthy 46-year-old female, no health issues, vax or no vax? Uh, Jen, that is between you and your doctor. The, the, you know, you can, everybody, the Novavax is out there too. I know it's got its own problems, but if you feel nervous about the mRNA vaccine, get the Novavax vaccine. I think it can be used as a booster. I don't know for sure, but it seems like it should be able to. Um, Tom, you should let YouTube know as they cannot censor him. He isn't allowed to speak freely. Well, I'm, I'm sort of speaking freely. I, I'm, I'm for the time being. Yeah, we have, we have, uh, we've. Contacted, I don't feel afraid right now. Uh, we've contacted YouTube. I'm still nervous. You know, I want to do the right thing and not you know, run afoul of these people. But they've reassured us that much like me talking to the state board of the medical. You know, yesterday I talked at length about this conversation I had with the president of the Board of Medical Quality Assurance here in California, I feel reassured when I talk to a human being and they hear us out, they listen to us, they go, okay, yeah, well, you're, not, you're not what the problem is. The AI picks you up, we'll reinstate you. And same thing with the board, which is, you know, we're not looking to make life miserable for every doctor that talks about the spectrum of the standard of care. I started worrying this morning though, again, this law, this AB 2098 in California is, sort of saying that doctors that sort of spread information, particularly about COVID, that's different than the standard of care, uh, or might get their license encumbered. And the word standard of care made me bristle because I explained in great detail yesterday, you can watch that tape, the opioid 
epidemic was a standard of care perpetrated by my peers, perpetrated by the standard of care of physicians. And so standing up against that is something I did for 10 years. And to think that something might bother me on the COVID side and I have to stand up against it and get my license encumbered for that. I mean, I wouldn't stand up against it unless I really felt very strongly we were going down the wrong path. I think if we were to move back towards lockdowns, you would hear me talk about that. I think that's a just an atrocious policy and is profoundly damaged to, to human well-being. And yeah, I'd speak up about that. And that might be a standard of care. Susan, you're leaning in. No, oh, I'm okay. I, I'm concerned about Facebook. We haven't been um, getting as many views there mm -hmm. as we usually do, and I have and I keep seeing these banners about the COVID vaccine is good for you I, before you start the show, mm -hmm. and then um, I also tried to post something today and I put YouTube.com on it and it wouldn't take it. But it, it makes me concerned because I think we we may be getting that's going to be our next move, is, or we're going to we may lose our Facebook live stream. Interesting, because of this information, and um, well, we'll put a, I'll put a disclaimer. That's what, of course. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing: we're on all these other platforms, and if if we just stop showing up on Facebook, you guys know where to go: drdrew.tv. Yeah. yeah, and then you can come over to Rumble or or um. And maybe people are moving over to the other platforms. I don't know, but um, it's I, I I'm still hiding in the shadows. I feel <laughs> like you know, be, even though right now we're able to open our mouth and other people are picking up some of the things that you're saying, and they're putting them on their shows because they see that you're, you know, America's most loved doctor, and he's he's saying this and that, and they're they're posting it, mm. and they're posting clips of our shows all over the place, and people are starting to see us take that, you know, step forward. That's very difficult because we're, I, it just makes are, me nervous. What are you talking about? You mentioned we're talking to these people that are. Yeah. Outliers. I mean, just being, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And getting the facts and trying yeah. to stay well, today, in front of it. Today's situation is a great example of that, right? So we have this Elsevier preprint uh, from vaccine that looks really damning of the uh, mRNA vaccines for young people. Then we have Dr. Gorski's analysis. There is that part. That's that's the article, uh, and we have Dr. Gorski's analysis that is is legitimate. Now it's a, there. There it is. Peer review fail. Vaccine publishes anti-vax propaganda. Now again, what troubles me about his analysis? There's so much editorializing. It's like I wish you would have just stuck with attacking the the article itself, so we can understand what his position is. But okay, uh, and that's that's how this works. That's the thing. It's, it's a back and forth. And is, is someone going to be proven to be correct? Yeah. Before we're done, there will be somebody whose point of view is, is substantiated through repeated studies, repeated studies, not just reanalyses, but repeated studies. Uh, over on the Rumble Ramps, uh, Tumor says, I got my T-cells tested and I've got COVID T-cells, never had a vaccine, never will. So the COVID T-cell study, so to speak, the, the commercially available test is sort of worthless, my friend. It just tells you you have had the, the illness and you have some cellular immunity. It doesn't tell you anything about neutralizing antibodies or whether you have effective T cell response. Unfortunately, we don't have we don't have uh, a good test for that kind. We don't have a a standardized test for that. So there's no way to interpret the test that you got except to say, good, maybe it will help you, and you've had the illness. So congratulations. Should you also get the vaccine? The CDC would say yes that that would that hybrid immunity is much more reliable than 
you know, Delta a year ago, that kind of thing. I wish we could all get an Attitude score and just know if we have immunity, you know? Well, the problem, the, I love the Attitude score and it helped me feel reassured about things. I'd love to have one now because, you know, I, as I, I've spent so much time about Omicron and I'm not sure if I've had any illness afterwards or gotten infected afterwards. It's been so mild, but uh, I have been exposed to a lot of it. Like really actively exposed. And I'd love to see what my neutralizing antibodies are to that because it'd be very, very interesting. But the the problem with the sort of commercial distribution of the additive score is it has not been standardized yet. So there's no way to say, we sort of were doing it with the neutralizing antibodies, sort of saying if you're over 60, you're probably in pretty good shape. But uh, other than that, it was, it was still kind of guesswork. But it's reassuring to see lots of antibodies, both IgG and IgM and neutralizing antibodies. All right, let me look at your guys' comments again. There's a little chat going on on Facebook. Okay, and? Um, the first was, um, I've noticed a lot of people dropping dead, 30 and young, younger males on Facebook. And then it became, you know, you know, my doctor can only say in private to me about the vaccine, but can't be open about it, and how they're horrible and ruining lives. So this is the kind of stuff that we want you to be able to put on social media but I'm afraid this is going to get, we're going to get knocked out, which is all fine. Right. I don't care. Go ahead. All right, all right. So let me address that. But, but do you see the uh, Facebook comments? If I may have a counterpoint, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't ban yeah. us, please. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. But what they're doing is they're saying they're noticing that a lot right, of people right. are dying. All right. Let me, let me address that. So first, let me say, Rumble Rance, Schumer, yes, I understand that humoral immunity and cellular immunity are two different things. What I'm telling you is, that a, there's no standardized threshold for saying you have adequate cellular immunity to respond to an infection. We don't have that. We just don't have it. And your your so-called T-cell study is kind of a primitive study. It's good. It's I, it's not nothing. It shows you've been exposed. shows you have some immunity. Whether you would mount an adequate T-cell response to challenge, unknown, based on that test. That, that is a yes, different than the immediate response of antibodies from so-called humoral immunity, the B-cell response. All right. So, uh, all right. Uh, <clears throat> Look for the Facebook question. Where, do I, I'm never on Facebook. I'm never, no, it's do, on the restream. Oh, okay. So when you go on there, just find that. Uh, so what's my opinion up. on? Uh, no, they're just what they're saying is they've noticed right, a lot I, of. I, I know. Oh. Yes, people are talking a lot about that. And guess what? We don't really know what to make of that yet. It it's not. It's it's. A, I don't look at Facebook anymore. I gave up. I, I don't know. I just, well, especially I'm, after everybody was having Trump derangement syndrome, I just stopped looking at Facebook a long time ago. But, but I, and I haven't really noticed who's having problems out there. Okay. I'm looking, well, you have not heard about this sudden adult death syndrome. No, thing? I have from you, but I'm, I didn't find it on Facebook. Okay. Here it is. I found but it. But I, you know, with everything that goes on on Facebook, All as right, far as censorship, it. I don't, I, right. it worries me. Too many know? people dropping dead, actively promoting the jab to anyone and no one can listen to you. My doc had his license threatened because he recommends this to no one, but he will talk openly with me as we're on the same page. These vaccines are horrible and ruining lives, especially those like me who have family dead after taking them. Um, when a billion people take a medical treatment, there's going to be a lot of problems. There just are. I suspect that we have been accepting a higher level of adverse events than we normally would because of this emergency. I don't know that anyone's going to admit that because I think the liability will come with it. But I do think that there has been an acceptance of a higher level of problems. 
and less aggression, it seems, with looking at some of these adverse events. For, for instance, I talked yesterday about vaccinating 75-year-olds and above, and somebody jumped into the stream here and said, my grandparents died you know, within some number of weeks after the vaccine of strokes. Yes, the spike protein does affect the clotting system. Yes, we worry about it. No, there's no signal that suggests strokes are necessarily going to happen in the elderly population. Or let's say they that let's say that does happen at some rate. That rate at this point seems clearly better than the consequence of getting the illness. That that is the risk reward analysis we're all doing. We're not saying there is no consequence of that these vaccines. We're saying that the risk reward in the elderly population pretty clearly comes down on the side of taking it. If you, Linda, as a 40-year-old, did you say I didn't see it? Wait, uh, don't want to take it and are fearful of the adverse events and I want to wait till the hazard ratios get sorted out more. I get that. I get that. And and your doctor is with you, and I think you should be making decisions with your doctor. And I am fine with that. But I am not totally convinced that, you know, people are try not to run to one end of the boat or the other. The, the reality is going to be somewhere in the middle, and it's going to take a while to sort it all out. Could it be such that the risk reward for vaccinating a 22-year-old is still a male particularly, suggests that they shouldn't get it? That may well be true. But for a 40-year-old, oh, it's not clear. It's not clear. Uh, I, You know, lazy quack hole. <laughs> DNA mutagen, you're going to have to show me that mechanism. I know there was one study in vitro with liver cells that was in vitro. There's there's no way for an for an mRNA to get into the nucleus. It has to have a special protein attached to it to get in and out of the nuclear the nuclear nuclear lining. And once in there, you need a reverse transcriptase to turn the RNA into DNA, which we don't have. Nor does the nor does the virus provide that. So it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, so worrying about the gene therapy and all that stuff, it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, let's see, public. Uh, Back to Facebook, Jason yeah. said, Facebook has a group called Died Suddenly News. Mm -hmm. It's highly monitored for trolls and fake deaths, but it's shocking how many people are dying of heart issues or related. So people are doing this, but I just don't, I hope that they can keep collecting, collecting data and, and yeah. keeping people aware of it, you know? So, so they can make their own choices. So Veronica Ease, Veronica Ease uh, asked about the CCR5 Delta 32 gene and AIDS resistance and COVID resistance. Yeah, clearly that gene is associated with viral resistance over at the Rumble Rants. Uh, and, uh, you know, CCR5 uh, and the Rantes and all that became a prominent conversation early in the cytokine activation associated with with COVID. And some of the therapeutics like Lorolimab, remember those medicines we were using for a minute? The, they were all directed at all that as well. So there's something going on there. I agree with you. Uh, okay. Uh, check out the brain on Veronica. Casey, thank you. All right, let me go back to you guys here. All right, I should take some calls. Maybe um, <laughs> yeah, what, what I will do. asking questions. So, so I hope this makes sense where, where I'm at. Again, I, I just think that... I, I just think that... Uh, a, a, a moderate position in all things. And if you're motivated to take the vaccine and your doctor thinks it's a good idea, by all means, I think getting super excited on one side or the other, history will not be extra kind to. I think it's 
time for a little temperance, a little observation. And again, Dr. Offit is now saying young males shouldn't get this thing, so maybe you ought to listen to him. And saying that 75-year-olds should get it. I think that's why I think that's a very reasonable assessment of the risk rewards. Now, mind you, let me just say this one thing before we go to a little break. The lack of risk reward analysis is what I've been complaining about this entire pandemic. So the fact that I am trying to apply a risk reward diathesis to this situation is is me trying to do what I don't think was adequately done during the pandemic, and I think it was a travesty and resulted in untoward, un, unbelievable harm to people, lockdowns, you know, ostracizing people for being silly, you know, discrimination, ridiculous stuff happened, shutting down schools, things that should not have happened because people did not take a careful risk award analysis. So that's all I'm trying to do. Uh, I could be wrong in how I'm balancing these things, and I'm completely prepared to be wrong if I. You know, again, that's why I talk to people like Kelly Victory and all these folks we'll be talking to and Harvey Reich tomorrow, because I, I want to kind of measure myself against these guys' opinions to see if if I'm in the right zone. Uh, and why I read Dr. Gorski's article, too, because his article is well-written. He's an oncologist. He knows what he's talking about. He knows how to analyze um, medical information. I still rely very heavily in terms of uh, people that I consult with on Vinay Prasad, Vinay Prasad, who's going to write a, an op opinion piece about this article we've been talking about. So we'll see what his analysis of the article is. And Monica Gandhi, who back to, uh, what was his name on uh, uh, Chumer here on, on uh, Rumble Rant. Uh, Monica Gandhi talks, gives a lot of information about B-cell and T-cell responsiveness in, in immune function and uh, infectious diseases. So uh, let's see. I want to let people know on who are watching on Twitter that Drew can't see your feed, your questions on the feed. So if you want to ask a question, go over to YouTube or Rumble or Facebook, okay. and he'll be able to read your information on the um, on the platform. But I do have a question here, Drew, from you from Twitter. If you can, uh, somebody's somebody's putting the first proclamation of the first direct democracy of France, July 14, two thousand nineteen, uh, to abolish any government for the purpose of ensuring their own security. Interesting. I did not know. The, the French fascinate me in terms of how they're approaching things these days. So Western Civic, please tell me more. The, the, they're, I just feel their heads are in the right place in terms of the legitimacy of government and maintaining a Republican, republic rather than a necessarily direct democracy per se. Because, uh, and, and, you know, there are three founding principles, right? Liberty, brotherhood, equality. And they, they think a lot about these things. And I think I don't know. I think uh, it took them 150 years, but I think they're kind of getting it finally right. Uh, I don't know, yoga girl, what you're talking about there, but let's take a little break and be right back and take some calls. For a long time, I've been talking about the holy grail of skincare, Genucel, and the amazing results that both Susan and I have seen. I'm a big fan of Genucel's Silky Smooth XV. It's a moisturizer soaked right into my skin instantly. And with its immediate effects, I saw fine lines and wrinkles visibly disappear within 12 hours. Susan loves Genucel's vitamin C serum, infused with the purest vitamin C, absorbs to the deepest layer of the skin thanks to Genucel's proprietary skincare technology. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great. 
I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time, and I'm so excited because it's actually working. And right now, Genesil has bundled my favorite products and Susan's for you to try today for up to 60% off retail pricing. That's right. Save up to 60% on my favorite Genucel products today. Just go to genucel.com slash Drew to see what's in our bundles and receive an extra 10% off at checkout when you enroll in their personal concierge at checkout. That again is genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash D-R-E-W. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, let's get some calls here. And by the way, uh, somebody asked me if I'm a Freemason. I am not. <laughs> Those oh, packages I... are 50% off, by the way. I just want to let you know. Like, you get, like, $300 worth of cosmetics awesome. for, like, half price. Awesome. Plus, you get another 10% off. I wanted to make Caleb? sure that we mentioned that uh, the, the, that's the new ad that just started on today's show. And they just okay. haven't updated the link from the genucel.com slash Drew link. doesn't actually go there yet, but it'll go there in probably a few to hours. my favorite products. Yeah, so a few hours, if you okay. look at this pretty page, Drew, they, they put together a nice little design with photos of you and Susan. And f so the oh, way wow. that people can find your package right now is if they just go to genucel.com and they go to shop and they click Dr. Drew's favorites, it's in the menu there. And then you can find all of the bundle, Great. all sorts of stuff here. We both have our all own favorites. favorites. Thank you. Oh, yeah. What, uh, where'd they get that picture? I've never seen that picture before. We, we did that one <laughs> with the, the photographer, Rao. Is that that one? Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I jumped in on your photo shoot. Okay, got it. I know. I hate doing photo shoots. Ugh. Yeah. I always want a facelift right I hate right being measured these. up against you. <laughs> no problem. Oh, we're such a cute couple. Jalal, have at it. Here we go. Thank you, Drew. Uh, great space, great people. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question about uh, COVID vaccine called uh, Covaxin. Mm -hmm. It's been sitting at FDA this since November 5th. I know. I don't understand why. I don't understand it. I, I thought Covaxin and Novavax, I, I thought Covaxin and Novavax had the greatest potential for reducing vaccine hesitancy. And Novavax turned out to have more problems than I thought it was going to have, but I still feel a little more confident if, if you know, if somebody's mRNA Averse, then go get the go get the Novavax. But you're right. Do you have any insight into why it's been sitting there for so long? Other than, I, I hate to say it, but I get a little paranoid. But follow the money. Thank you very much. Well, definitely they were bought out 100. percent There is no other way. Why would I say why not? I mean, there's a competition between Pfizer and Moderna. They're pushing those two, and I wish those are here. I mean. I would be very comfortable, and a lot of people would be comfortable. I mean, nobody can trust anything anymore. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? COVID. It's very bizarre. It's very weird. It's very weird. It's a weird time, but I, I um, again, I think you can go to certain sources. Like I said, Monica Gandhi is somebody you can follow on Twitter. You can trust her. She has been uh, advocating the Covaxin for nine months, I think. And um, Vinay Prasad, again, a very bright guy. 
and uh, now we have Dr. Gorski on on the other side. He's a bright guy writing opinions. You, you got to kind of make your own. Uh, they they have been certainly treating us like little children since this thing started, or scared children or something that, that we're not able to make decisions. We can't. Um, <laughs> we're not worthy of uh, information that they're. I, I don't know what it. I've never seen anything like this. It's just the most bizarre experience for me. I don't know if you feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. And also, they just came up with their etronasal. Uh, it's mm -hmm. like, I think they're the only company that came up with it right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, these guys are just unbelievable. I hope they approve it sooner. I hope. Good. Well, I hope you take it if they if they do. Thank you, Kajal. I appreciate that. And, and uh, I, <laughs> I just don't understand why they have not. I, maybe there's some reason. I, if there's a legitimate reason, I'm wide open to it. But I'd like to see what that reason is. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, Yolanda, we'll get her up here, see what she's interested in. I'm watching you guys on the restream. Uh, Haley, what am I downplaying? And Yolanda, you have to unmute your mic. There you are. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hey. Hi. Yeah. I am a, I wanted to ask you a question. I am, I've been a nurse for 25 years mm -hmm. in a trauma hospital. Mm -hmm. We went through the COVID very bad. We've lo we had lost a lot of, of our elderly population in Delaware. Mm. Dreams. Now, I was having very horrible dreams for like 18 months. I went to the doctor and they gave me what was called prazosin. Prazosin. Hmm. Weird. Yes. And it actually worked. Interesting. Like I might have a breakthrough dream maybe once every three weeks, not like every day. Like they said, it's like a post-traumatic stress syndrome yeah, from the COVID. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so were they bad dreams, like scary dreams that were keeping you up at night? Yeah. I, no, I... They were like, I would be working or doing things where I would wake up in the morning exhausted. Like I've worked all night of my dream. Mm -hmm. Oh. Well, praise us. And here's the quote uh, has been proven to be safe and effective in the management of nightmares associated with PTSD. So your doctor did something very enlightened here. That's very cool. I like that. I, I've learned something today. Uh, How could something like that even work? That's so interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. I had a know, lot of chaos dreams during pra COVID. Prazosin wow. is a, what's called an alpha-1 receptor antagonist. Uh, that's what it primarily does. Um, let me see if there's somewhere I can find the uh, mechanism of action for the dreams. Uh, let's see. I know they used uh, alpha, used to use alpha-2 agents like clonidine for a lot of things. Yeah, that's... Uh, that could be addictive. Review. Not clonidine, no. That's clonopin. Oh, okay. That's clonopin. That is very <laughs> or Susan is... Fire. Uh, let's see what this says. Extremely depressed. Okay, here it is. Norepinephrine has a role in the pathophysiology of PTSD. Higher norepinephrine uh, in patients associated with greater severity. Increased CNS neuroenergic state. So this decreases some of the. It makes it. Uh, it also suggests. So because prazosin is a lipid soluble alpha one adrenergic receptor antagonist. So it's it's down regulating the adrenergic state. I. I have, you know, we used to use a lot of clonidine back in the day, which is more of an alpha-2 agent. Um, but for these similar kinds of things, that's very interesting that that works so well for you. Fantastic. I, and there's no, really, other than lightheadedness, I don't know of any side effects. No, I haven't yeah. had any side effects. What What was it? So what was the most trauma? You know, 
my ER nurse colleagues are a, a tough bunch, right? You guys are tough. And, and I'm, I'm always surprised when ER nurses get traumatized because uh, it must have been bad. What, what was it for Very you? That was, yeah, for you, what was it that, that got to you? Well, the it was walk, walking on the floors and seeing that they had uh, like the overbed tables, patients overbed tables outside their rooms. Like our hospital looked like a third world country. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, people not being able to be in their rooms and out in the hall and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting. That's scary. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I trained in a hospital that was like that in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Every every floor was like that. Um, so it's interesting that we've reverted back to that. And and again, it, I'm sure the outcomes weren't great. Was it almost exclusively the elderly population at that point? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. It's an interesting story. Thank you, yeah, but- you bet. Thank you, Dr. Drew. You bet. Thank you. So is AB2098 the one that... that... Yeah. Okay, so somebody said they might have passed it. They did pass it. The oh. question is, will will um, Newsom sign it? Oh. And am I, you know, given the way he's been, I'm certain he will. So I, I, I sort of gave up. I'm like, okay, so here it comes. Uh, that's just, you know, I feel what's happening. Uh, this is Sky 8 or Skate maybe? Sucks. Sky 8. Scary. Well, we'll see. More I mean, a scary lot of people, stuff. You know, Leanna Wynn, who's the CNN infectious disease doctor who did a lot of fear-mongering during, during COVID, has com- almost completely changed her tune. And she wrote a long editorial. I, I retweeted it yesterday saying, you know, well-intentioned but bad idea. And, uh, and again, the, uh, the, the president of the Board of Medical Quality Assurance reached out to her. I don't know if they connected or not. Sky8, what's going on there? Oh, hello, Dr. Drew. <laughs> nice to meet you. You as well. I was wondering if you know anything about um, having intercourse with, uh, I'm not, I'm not jabbed, okay? So I haven't had the injection, um, particularly this one, okay? I, I did have all of the other ones throughout the years with the actual um, dead virus, but um having intercourse with somebody that already have the so-called vaccine uh, will create, um, you know, some type of a STD based no. on the spike protein? No, no, there's, there's nothing like that. There's no evidence. We would see literature on that if there was anything like that. The spike, obviously it's not, a, the spike protein is not an infecting agent and it doesn't cause illness of you know that type that is infectious uh so that that i think you can not worry about uh josh what's going on there interesting question i know people were getting um caleb warned me that people were getting a little funny about the spike being transmitted by the vaccine or something right caleb am i getting have they tested it oh yes exactly it doesn't which wouldn't the the thing that convinced me on that is pfizer and all these companies would lose tons and tons of money if it could be spread that way so they they would definitely design <laughs> it to not survive outside. Yeah, why? Right. Okay. What's up there, Josh? Hey, Doctor Drew. Um. Well, I wanted to talk about the vaccine, but I wanted to talk about it from a psychological point of view, and I wanted to say that we might be narcissistic on both sides. I mean, narcissism is very common. and we, we live in actually a narcissistic culture. Mm. So it wouldn't be surprising that people would be narcissistic in the way they look at the vaccine and doctors are human beings We can have, or not, I'm not a doctor, but I mean, doctors can have, you know, issues, psychological things, 
especially they can be narcissistic, you know? Um, and I think that I just, my point was that if we can just maybe look across the aisle, that can do a lot for the narcissist. Oh, but, oh yeah. Oh, but, no, Josh. But the pathology sort of doesn't allow for that to happen. No, it, it does. It, it does. I, I agree with you that, that contact, I mean, that's why I, whenever physicians get weird with me, I, I reach out to them. I, cause I, in the name of collegiality, I just extend my hand and go, let's talk about this. This is, this is what we do. We talk about it. We don't attack each other. Now, some physicians that have attacked me are freaking cowards. They're cowards and won't just get on the phone with me and sort of talk it out. That's cowardly. That's a different thing. And I would urge everyone to put that aside and try to make contact because we, we know all the sociological literature tells us and the psychological literature that contact is what reduces tribalism, sexism, racism, contact. So people treat each other like human beings, particularly colleagues and professional colleagues, treat each other collegially, not, not insanely uh, you know, built on, on uh, tri um, tribes and things. So your point is well taken. I, I do agree with that. that, that it, and it is, on, all roads do lead to narcissism these days. You're right. And that's where the projection is coming from. That's where the defensiveness is coming from. So I, I saw a French psychoanalyst the other day said something rather profound. He said, whenever you hear a narcissist say you are, what you should hear is, I am. And so when they accuse you of things, it's really things that they have in, them, in their own heart that they want to disavow. And there is a lot of this kind of stuff going on these days. I'll tell you what, a lot of weird projection in, 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 on both extremes, everybody. Be careful of the extremes. Now, I want to address something here. Um, somebody said, if you spit in someone's mouth after you've had the vaccine, uh-oh. <laughs> We lost my connection here. Is that possible? I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think that's. It said I got an announcement here that said that we lost our connection. So I apologize if you're not hearing I'm us. Still okay, you're still there. Hearing us. Uh, all right. So you said you'll get the spike protein if you spit into somebody's mouth if you're a vac if you've been vaccinated. Let's say, <laughs> let's say that there was spike protein in my saliva and I spit in your mouth. How would that? How would that be taken up by your body, and what would happen with that? How would that work exactly? Just give me the biochemistry of that. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of that biochemistry. And let's say you did get into your body by some strange mitotic, you know, some osmotic process or active something across cell membranes. So what? Then what? So <laughs> I, I don't know. It's very, very strange stuff people are thinking about. I have an after dark question. Yes, go ahead. What if you come in somebody's mouth? Yeah, same same idea. <laughs> same idea. I know that one's coming, so I thought I'd put it out there quick. Okay, thank you for that. Wake up and be real. Do something momentous. I know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, another person, people said, uh, the, don't call it a vaccine. I call anything that stimulates lymphocytic response to increase immunity to an infecting agent, I call that a vaccine. Anything whether you're taking cowpox juice and injecting that, or whether you're, anything that increases your immune response to future infection is vaccinating. So I'm just gonna stay with that. So calling things a vaccine that do that, I have no quarrel about doing that. Uh, let's see, narcissistic on both sides. Uh, politicized by the, oh boy. You're getting narcissistic in your response, Indel, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> 
All narcissists stand up, please. Uh, well, you know, there's been a narcissistic turn. Josh is right. Maybe uh, the COVID situation made us all narcissists. No, it made us histrionic. And that that's what I found was bizarre, that there was such histrionic tone to everything. <laughs> and and that, that's why when doc, that Belgian doctor came up with the idea of the mass formation psychosis, I thought maybe that's it. Because how could a, the, our, our predominant narcissistic personality suddenly shift towards histrionic didn't make sense to me and I, I think his his theory is better okay let me get some more calls in here i'm trying to i'm trying to get through them quickly because you have lots of two emails. days in a row of questions yeah lots of them. lots of people here though thank you for listening everybody uh russell you were actually there yesterday and i said i would get to people uh <laughs> histrionic is up there so yes histrionic is a cluster b disorder and cluster b disorders are absolutely ubiquitous these days or at least cluster b traits are russell go ahead what's up Hey, Drew, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about AB 2098. I appreciate you uh, making me aware of this. I'm on legislature.ca.gov. Yep. And this is crazy. I don't know if I'm understanding this correctly, but there are lists of like, they're like decreed facts about COVID. And am yeah. I understanding this right? That if you say anything against these, you could lose your license? That's the worst. That, that's, a, that's the worst take on that bill. Yes. That's that's be the now having talked to the board, they're saying no. We would only go after the extreme outliers who were at, who had evidence of harm to patients, and who were in. And part of you read the if you read the bill, it does say uh, intent, like uh, malicious intent or something like that. Now you know who knows how they're going to figure that out. For me, the 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 egregious piece of it is. I've got somebody there as the president now who is going to look out for things and make a reasonable application of this should it go through. What if she leaves? That leaves. That's and Barbara Ferrar takes over. No, that would never happen. <laughs> and and and, uh, and the other thing is that a lot of those lists you're you're reading are ways of documenting what's called standard of care. They're using standard of care as their threshold for misinformation. And the standard of care changes all the time and is often seriously wrong, not just for COVID, but for all things medical. Uh, like I was explaining to the president of the Bumqua, uh, look, it was standard of care. I, I, I acquired dozens and dozens of patients who were treated in the standard of care of psychiatry uh, in the 50s. And that standard of care was an ice pick above the eyeball and a sweep called a frontal lobotomy. And that was standard of care. Yeah, things and, change on a regular basis, too. Yes. Are they going to keep up with that? Or are they just going to well, let this bill the, sit for 10 well, years and then... Well, that's the question. Who is going to determine... Make everybody... Who is going to determine what standard of care means, what standard of care is, uh, and, yeah, anything, what, I'm what, sorry. And, what, and, what, and what collegial dialogue is around standard of care. That's the problem. But go ahead, Russell. Oh, sorry. Uh, you broke up a couple times. I don't know if it was you or me, but yeah. So anything scientific will will change. And yep. in the, the grand scheme of things, we're very early on in this process yep. as far as data analysis. Yeah, it's true. There's one of these section 1B says unvaccinated individuals are at risk of dying from COVID-19 that is 11 times greater, like 11x that I mean, surely that will change as yes. more data is analyzed. And, and, so what, and by the is way, is that even true now? No, because we have treatments. That, then why that, is it on there? Correct. That's the problem. Yeah, that's one. Who wrote one this? It sounds like YouTube wrote this one. Oh it's, my God! It sounds like the rules and regulation of YouTube two years ago. Yeah, he, but but yeah. Russell Russell is looking at the right stuff, which is, yeah, there was a time in which the 
vaccinated population appeared to do that significantly better, particularly in certain age groups. Yeah. What is, yeah. But, yeah the, but you're I, showing, Caleb is showing the different headlines that, that of the conflicting standard of care. Masks really work. We'll show you how. New York Times. That's their, when is that from, Caleb? I can't see the, uh, and then fast forward probably, uh, what is that? That one's from October 30th, uh, October, 2020. October 2020. Is, and then he fast forwards to, what's this one? January 14th, uh, 2022. 2022. And let me read the headline again. Roll it up there. CDC concedes cloth masks do not protect against the virus. I feel like masks. I'm looking back in time at the cigarette ads in the, in the 60s and 70s. Like, oh, these cigarettes right. are good for you. Right. 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 <laughs> oh, one one thing I wanted to add real quick uh, for anyone listening. I am like what I would consider a left leaning moderate and I am vaccinated. I don't this is strictly I have an issue with printing scientific facts and having consequences for going against them. Yeah. You know, this early on in the process. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. It's really crazy. And 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 it's a symptom of the centralization of medicine. Medicine is being highly bureaucratized and centralized. It's not good for patients. It's not good for patients. Uh, there, there is a happy medium. I'm not saying it should be just everyone running amok, you know, at, at their whim, but there is a happy medium here. The, the, the reason doctors did such a piss poor job of treating people with COVID at the outset of this thing is they froze in place and were afraid to improvise and try things the way they normally do. They just said, "Go home, come back when your PO2 is 88." Or 82 who knows what they said and that was that was just egregious it was a, i couldn't believe it i, sh I was shocked and i realized yeah, the sats of 82 is very dangerous right yeah yes yeah, very dangerous you're in big trouble by that point so i, I realized wow. at that point that doctors were afraid they were told from on high by academia by their employers it turns out 80 percent of physicians are employed the employer said do this or else and there was a time in which uh Certain medication were brought up, you know, by the president yeah, of the United were, States at the time, and the whole world ran to another, to a complete opposite side of the boat, and and stopped doing their job. It was very strange. It was a very well. If you thing. trained for ten years and you were told you're going to lose your job, you would do whatever you had to do to keep Co your job. Correct, and, and you know, you don't we, make a lot of money though. I've, I've now learned through talking to some of the people that were silenced by the authority structure that they were using fear consciously to try to force people to comply with their, their ideas of zero COVID. They were using fear consciously. And because anyone who raised their hand and said, I don't think this is a good policy, they actively attempted to destroy them. The safety above everything, above any other consideration was the only way they made decisions. So the, the thought that their, their uh, non-pharmacological interventions to maintain safety could have adverse effect could not be discussed. While they strove towards a vaccine, which was good, that was a good thing to do, and then once they had the vaccine, vaccine overall, vaccine, and that's it. No other, no no discussion, no analysis. Just no matter what, vaccine for everybody, and that that excess, it makes sense that bureaucracies sort of behave like that, but that's not how medicine is done. That's not how science is done, and that's what you're reacting to, right? Right, right. Yeah. It's just it's really something. It's really. Yeah, at a gut level, it's really concerning to me. Yeah, yeah, very again, strange. I, I'm with you, my friend. Keep uh, keep your eye on that. Uh, this is uh, Chris. 
That's why we felt like the French underground. Yeah, we felt like the French underground and the whole time. Like the good trying thing to make about you was you didn't have any contracts with any major companies that said, you know, Dr. Drew, we don't want you to go out and talk, speak your mind, yeah. you know, during yeah. this event. So we had the freedom to say whatever you thought was Well, and I wasn't real. saying much. I was just trying to make sense of things. And as, as things were evolving, I was trying to help people calm down. That was my main thing. Like, calm down. We can, we can get through this. You'll be fine. Let's figure it out. And so uh, Chris there, Chris is uh, up up on the, oh, you have to mute. Hello, hello. Hey there, hello, hello. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm curious. My question is, how do you think we could stop the politicizing of medical and scientific information? Uh, my goal is by reaching out to my peers and trying to make contact with people who have differing opinions. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to reach out to all that will listen or all that will make contact to see if we can get out of the tribes and just start, you know, getting a, a united kind of position, at least with my profession, Wait which is all splintered as, as what? I just what? recognized your voice. This is Chris Sanchez. Yeah. Caleb. Chris, this is one of my good friends. How are you? He's from the internet world. Oh, he runs well, Uberfax, one of the biggest Twitter accounts in the world. Ah, congratulations. Huh. Nice to, meet, nice to hear here. from you again. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. Of course. I know it's been a minute. Yeah, I've been uh, uh what what are you what are your thoughts on this whole thing we've been through? You know, it's tough. Um also working in the online space, I I spent a lot of time just seeing how this has had an immediate effect on the world around us. Yeah. Um but also it's it's challenging because right now we're on Twitter, which is a medium that is often used for politics. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know. Yeah. So your question is, how do we reduce some of the tribalism? And like, that's, that's, yeah. the, that's the only way these, these wonderful platforms are ever going to be used effectively for the betterment of people. It has to be, it has to get there somehow. And I, I'm not sure I know how. I, do you have any ideas? Uh, no. <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> good answer and it certainly i i it, it may be just make I, it work for us while we can it may then. be a generational thing i mean this may be somehow playing on our personality proclivities and the free-floating anxiety of the present moment that uh you know one yeah I, let me just propose this i don't know if this is a, any kind of model but what the european countries did to reduce mobs was they got rid of large town squares that you know if you go to little old cities all the town squares are very small and the streets are small that was specifically designed to prevent mobs i wonder if there's some algorithmic way that you know that twitter can i was hoping that elon musk would do something like this with some you know like put put some other priority in place other than virality and and in in uh include you know interaction that kind of thing this there's got to be some other priority than that because the things that cause virality are never the facts it's always something concocted and if you've noticed that yeah the, the people i'm sure say things about you and that's what goes viral not what you actually said right yeah um i guess you know it's tough because all this started after from the switch from the chronological timeline to an algorithmic timeline mm -hmm. i mean i think if we switched back that would help a lot, but something like that, or, or some, or, that. Or, or some, or some, I don't know, some way of, of, I don't know, but I do appreciate you being here. Anything else? Yeah, no, that's it. All right, man. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank up. you. And where should people find you? At, um, here at, on Twitter. This at, is my personal account. At Chris Sanchez the other. with a K. 
Yeah. There you go. Thanks, friend. Talk soon. Thanks. Hope so. So, Caleb, it's your buddy, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I've known him for many, many years. He runs uh, the pro you, everyone would probably recognize it because almost everyone follows Uberfax. The account is just at yeah. U-B-E-R-F-A-C-T-S. And it's got millions of followers. And yeah, I just right. recognized it. So I was like, wait, I know that voice. And I looked at the photo. I'm like, oh, it's Chris Sanchez. <laughs> wait, so so I'm not following that. Should I follow that? Sounds like I should. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. He posts all sorts of interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. He's been doing this for a, a long time. What, what's his sort of thing? What are the sort of... It's all it sorts is. of... Well, they they say it's, it's the most unimportant things that you'll never need to know, but it's all sorts of facts and, <laughs> you know, stuff about Like, for everything. instance, Susan, Bill Hader, you're, you're uh, the guy that plays... Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Worked at a movie theater in college and was fired for telling rude customers the Titanic... How the Titanic ends. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. It's pretty funny. That sounds like him. Yeah. That's so funny. Then he uh, got a job right. on Saturday Night Live. All right. That's right. Uh, let me get Batch up here. Give Batch a chance to speak. Hey, Batch, what's happening? Unmute you. your you. phone. Unmute your phone. His phone is unmuted. He's... Uh, oh. Pardon me. There you are. What's <laughs> happening? That was uh, nerves that had me muted. I've been a fan for a long time. Right, thank you. I would listen to Loveline on repeat while working on my thesis in grad school. So this is quite the honor. So what was your thesis? I have one quick question. Oh, I um. So I'm a computer science master's degree. I wrote software that simulated firing a beam of light into what's called a Schwarzschild black hole. Which was like a slowly rotating black hole. Crazy. And we could use it as a mirror in a way. So we could bring the light back. And you yeah. could also fine tune it enough where you could have it whip around the black hole a few times and light would come back. Wow. But what was interesting to me was the limit was 10 times around. We tried to go to 11. The computer couldn't handle it. Oh, it's just a computational issue? <laughs> it's just too many, too yeah. many digits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I let it run overnight and it was just kept trying to tweak it and just couldn't well they're, they're, everything has limits not everything but the, yep. the human created stuff has limits that's for sure uh so what's your question yeah so so i got one quick one when you say young men in terms of the vaccine yeah. I, what's the uh what's the age cutoff the data keeps looking at under 40 my concerns really my concerns are under 30 that's really my concern uh so okay. yeah so the the data is looking at under 40 i think when they drill down a little younger they're going to find that's where most of the problems is because that's where we see them that's where i've seen it and again I, I rely a lot on my clinical impressions and you know the the data usually catches up a year or so after we've been seeing certain things that's when the data will confirm our, our impressions or not they can also you know they can also uh, give us uh, some clarity that what we're seeing was just an anomaly but not usually Usually the clinical stuff sort of bears out. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm I'm sitting at 37 and I kinda um I'm in that weird range. I got Johnson and Johnson and you know the day after they took it off the market. But me too. My main question is <laughs> day um, before. I got a day before they took it off the market. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least you both lived awesome. to talk about it. Yeah, we did. And yeah, that, right. And that's that and that's true of a couple weeks. But that's true of most vaccine reactions. That, that's really one of the important points that people have. I know we're gonna, you know, more infections and more cancer and more sudden death and the stuff, but most of them are resolved. They're, that's the reality. Most resolve. 
Yeah, I wasn't too worried, but you know, it's yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, man. But uh, direct yep. primary care is my main question. Um, <clears throat> I've tried to get you to talk about it before, but you know, you get lost in the shuffle. Mm. I wonder what you think about it. It's it's what I use for my primary care, and I get, I would say, way better care than I ever did under an insurance model. It's called direct primary care. Concierge, you mean? Yeah. So you you pay like a membership fee. Yeah, oh, yeah. concierge. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. It's not quite concierge it's just a pre it's, it's, it's a, a prepaid different. it's a prepaid system which it's, is sounds good to me i mean you'll pay money uh, you know for your car why can't you pay for your health insurance uh it was uh, this was this mark cuban's thing did he have this uh, i, I don't think? know average so I, what i would what ended up happening with me is i followed my primary care doctor from the insurance model yeah to the direct primary care model mm-hmm he basically got sick of dealing with insurance. Yeah, was I was going like, to say something's got to give in primary care. Something. It, yep. No one sane or talented is going to go into it. Uh, you're not going to be able to see a physician. That's the other thing. You're only going to see physician extenders. And mm -hmm. th there's got to be some way that, that people can see physicians if they want to. And those physicians have to be able to practice medicine, bottom line. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think it's All right. an amazing thing to do. All I right. got 24-7 access to my doctor if I have questions. All that stuff, it's amazing. All right. Well, excellent. Good idea. Well, uh, people look into it if you want a, a nice little endorsement of your experience. I appreciate that. Um, I have a fun fact. Yes. Fun when I was fact. 10 years old, yeah. my brother was a computer scientist mm -hmm. at UCI. Mm -hmm. And he was like he was like 18, 20 or whatever. And um, I played chess against the computer mm -hmm. in the lab. Did you win? And I beat it. Look at you! And it was all downhill Ooh. from there. Oh, uh, that was your that was your that was your intellectual peak mm -hmm. right then. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've never played chess together. Which I don't. I've, I can't remember how now. The fact that you played Williams Vita Computer kind of I did. Me. I had skills. And you know, you have a son that's a really good chess player. We and I'm I'm afraid to play him. I'm good at so. computers too, so. Maybe, um, maybe I should have been a computer scientist. Does Dr. Drew believe it's perfectly healthy to run mask, run jog with a mask on? Uh, I mean, it's, you know, if you're going to go into high altitude and be extreme, you know, with a pack on and running hills and stuff, probably not a great idea, but also unnecessary. This thing doesn't transmit on the outside in the, in the fresh air. It just doesn't. Um, oh, Wiz Chris says she has to jog with a mask on because there's so many bugs in Wisconsin. So, so that's a that's a nice image, Wiz Chris. Thank you so much for for giving us that. Um, I like well, masks when I get a massage because then when my nose runs, it, I have I can wipe it off. Yeah. So okay, techno, that's the only time. Techno science says no one seems to be talking about the unusual fibrous blood clots that embalmers are finding. I I don't know what to do with that yet. Let, let's let's table that one because people find various kinds of clots at autopsies so I, I i understand these are a little unusual and blah 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 i i more time more information more study i i really can't make anything of it just yet so i and be careful again these anecdotal reports that are dramatic be very careful be very careful with them uh let's see Ah, so Dr. Drew is still pushing the poison vax. Yes, yes. To, for Siler's your for back. your grandparents. For your grandparents, <laughs> For the, oh, for all the elderly who get who get tremendous YouTube. benefit from it. Uh let's see. Tribalism starts from the top, it needs to be stopped from the top. Yeah, you yeah, you have a point that we need you're right. We do need leadership. I, I would argue that 
a kind of, you know, President Biden promised us he was going to be uniting. I've not seen the kind of leadership I was hoping for as, as it pertains to that. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Get to Anthony. somebody saw you on Stoke Lord's Netflix show. Uh, Sto oh, yeah. Uh, that's uh, Chad, Chad goes Chad deep. And JT. Yeah. Oh, it was so funny. Yes, we love those guys. <laughs> uh, Anthony, what's going on? He's coming to the phone here, I hope. Yeah, the, if you have a chance to see their Netflix series, I recommend uh, it. Hey, what's up, Anthony? Hey, uh, yo, can you hear me all right now? I, I do. I got you. Uh, yeah, I've been listening to you for a long time, brother. Uh, I've given a lot of things I've heard you say as advice to other people. So you've made a big difference in my life as, oh, in a, on a lot of levels. Thank you, Anthony. But um, um, so my wife is 46, mm -hmm. and she um, she started having an issue where when she would eat, uh, she would uh, feel like she wasn't able to swallow her food, start hiccuping, mm -hmm. and then would have to go and like throw up whatever the last bite is. Okay. How old is so, she? She's uh, how old again? How old? She's four, 46. Okay. Does she have any medical problems? Um, nothing really related to that. Her, her blood pressure can get a little high mm -hmm. and she, uh, she takes some, um, opiates for a uh, bad car wreck that she had years ago. How, how much um, opiates? She, she has how, how much? much um you know i'm I'm not sure about the amounts um we uh we regulate it together to make sure that it's not uh an issue okay um that's something we um but it's still over long periods of time so, opiates can have very protein effects so it could be something related to that is she on any other medication okay. um she's um she in the past she's taking uh, like ambien but she's not on it right now in the past okay. she's taking ativan okay none of none, but, uh, that that with the opiate is a potentially fatal combination do not let her take that combination okay okay, okay. but the, the um the most concerning thing right now is uh she went to her primary care uh to get an x-ray and stuff about um if she had some kind of blockage or whatever mm -hmm. and uh, yesterday she got a call um, with a, uh, from an oncologist mm -hmm. wanting to, uh, set up an appointment. Okay. So we kind of don't know what, what's coming from that. If it's, if it's related or, you know, how, how worried we should be about that. Did they do an endoscopy or do just like a barium swallow yeah. and take x-rays? They've, they've, uh, they've only done an x-ray and I don't believe they even had her, um, okay drink anything all right so she she needs a complete workup i mean i'm hoping the oncologist would give her an, a real workup and if there's something yeah. blocking that they get you know all, we don't know yes you should be concerned that an oncologist calls but i wouldn't be panic stricken i mean I, I, you're just yeah. getting into this we need to know what this is first i mean it can be a lot of things a lot of things anything and from they, go ahead they said uh that the blood test was what um what triggered the oncologist? They didn't take oh. a blood test. And did they tell you what so what the issue was? What specifically? No, right. no. I've done some googling, of course, and I don't know if it's like tumor markers or what else it could be. They, they would not have done tumor markers off the top. I, it must be something to do with the blood count. That's the only thing that you really get off a routine blood test, where you would just go, "Oh, we got to do something about this." Now, what is going on with the blood count? I mean, got to find out. It was this a hematologist yeah. oncologist? Uh, no, it was just a, uh, well, yes, yes. The, the one that's that the, um, yeah. the appointments with is a hematologist. Right. So, so yes. I'm going to bet something's going on with your bone marrow, something in that zone. 
Um, so, so vomiting like that can be a million different things. It could be something just general, like something else is making you sick. It can be, you know, uh, esophagitis. It could be inadequate gastric emptying. It could be gastric outlet obstruction. It could be a million, million, million things. But they're going in a certain direction because of what they found on the blood test. So g give it a chance. Let's see what's going on here. And please do call me back if you have any more questions. It's uh, I understand these things are scary when this stuff happens. So hopefully it'll be nothing. Hopefully it'll be something they can handle easily. And it's going to be, you know, it'll be what it'll be. And uh, I'll, we'll say our, we'll have to keep you in our thoughts. God bless. Yeah. Uh, here is um, Mary. Give Mary a chance to talk here. And you and I are having dinner tonight with a two-time Emmy winner. What happened? Um, oh, yeah. for the for the uh, Paul Mercurio. Yeah, he writes for the Daily Show or the wait, which one? For uh, Colbert. Colbert. He they won two Emmys well, last night. I think night? maybe one. I don't know if it's one or two. They won last night. Yeah. Oh, he's, that's he why he's here. Winner. Yeah. Why didn't he get us seats? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't even know it was on last night. Well, we're having dinner with him tonight, so we can bask in the afterglow. There you go. Mary, what's going on there? Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Um, I have a question, not really about COVID or... Okay, good. We're trying to... We, by the way, are... We would like to get away a little bit from COVID at least some of the time. It's too much, too much. Right, exactly. So go ahead. So I'm dealing with some PTSD in a relationship. Mm. And I'm trying to get work through that to get back to a steady relationship flow. Um, I'm a mommy, but I don't feel like this is a mommy question. I feel like this is more of a... Just Dr. Drew question. Okay, I, I'm not, and I'm, and, I, and I'm having trouble understanding what you're describing. Be a little more specific okay. with me. More specifically, I, we haven't been intimate in the last like eight months. Okay, and how long have you been in this relationship? Uh, about two years. Anybody on meds or anything that would screw up libido? Uh, it's or, me. Okay. It's me, but it's uh, it's PTSD because of um some stuff that happened to me mm -hmm. well while we were in the relationship like i was assaulted mm. so now we've been dealing with this trying to get back on the boat thing mm -hmm. and uh i'm not exactly sure how to i feel like i don't know everything was taken away so i'm not sure how to like is you your, know, is your, start is, that back up. One of the things you kind of need to get the motivation there to push through some of these psychological barriers is libido, right? And is your libido gone too? Yeah. Is that because of the meds you're on? See, I don't know. I, I would have to talk to you, I, you can talk to my me. doctors for what, what are the medicines? I can tell you for sure. Oh, okay. Desvenlafaxine, uh, Prestique. Yeah. Uh, Lamotrigine. Um, what what else am I? Abilify, because I have bipolar disorder. I see that. Abilify, and uh, I have clonidine for mm. ADHD, mm. and then I have clonopin. Mm. Well, you're yeah. on lots of stuff. How much clonopin are you on? One. Okay. Per day. Okay. So, you know, the lamotrigine, fine. The clonidine, fine. The clonopin at low dose, fine. It's the Prestique and the Abilify. And, yeah, and you need. Have you been on those a long you time? No, Prestique is new. And is that when you me. lost your libido with Prestique? 
It very well could be. Yeah, you, um, you might, that was what see, I. This, this thing that drives me crazy is that doctors want to know, you know, an important part of you thriving and getting over whatever psychiatric challenges you have is having intimate relationships. And if yeah, you don't have exactly. any desire to do that or can't do that, the doctor wants to know about it. Now, he or she may say, hey, for a while, I don't know what your story is. So he may say for a while, mm, we're going to stay on the prestige for a while. We're going to let the relationship be a secondary issue. We'll get to it. But he also, he or she might also say, hey, thank you for telling me. Let's let's make an immediate change quick. And uh, right. you, you need you need libido to be able to push through this stuff. Is your is it boyfriend now? Is it a boyfriend? Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Well, wife. It's my okay. wife. It's your wife. You guys are actually married. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is she okay? Is she She's okay because she's been through something similar in her past, so she understands. Yeah, but it's not but just that, also, though. It's, you're having a biological handicap from the meds. Exactly, and that's what I'm thinking, is that it's not yes. just that because... Yes, you need to reassure her that it is it, it, that it's not her, it's not your feelings about her, it's the, it's the medication. It's, I don't like oh, this. Oh, yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> I've, I've seen marriages break up over this issue um, without really people understanding it's the medication doing the whole thing, so... Get, right. get, get that properly taken care of. Okay, Mary? Okay, thank All you right. so much. You got it. That's an, I like that kind of thing because it's easy. Uh, Susan, get that? Yeah. Makes sense? Remember when you helped Ozzy Osbourne get off all of those crazy drugs? Yep. Uh, he, he was so much better. Yes, yes. Because uh, he fell off here. an ATV. Should no, it's you're, you're conflating a whole bunch of stories. A whole bunch <laughs> I of things. can't Just remember. Just stay where you are. <laughs> uh, true clonidine that's yes. used for adhd as well yeah clonidine it's so funny that we're uh prazosine is a relative of clonidine and so it's interesting that those two medications came up today and we use clonidine and um there's another version of it i'm blanking on the name of it that's a kind of a similar thing uh, another alpha 2 agent for adhd and it's these are very good very safe medications for add adhd yeah i much prefer them to the psychostimulants for adults so you know that that tips me off that the doctor's pretty enlightened and is paying attention when they don't go right to psychostimulants and use clonidine um, the prazosin we heard about earlier was for nightmares and that was that was an interesting thing i never heard that but it's there in the literature it's always interesting. Um, and clonidine, we used we used to use clonidine in bucket loads for uh, heroin withdrawal. Heroin withdrawal. Right, that, it also ameliorates some of that. That's what I was about to say is that after I was in the hospital, you know, for all that, that pretty much all, through, all throughout that year, and I had been on the Percocet for the Crohn's disease and all that for so long, when I, once I got out of the hospital, I didn't need it anymore all of a sudden, but I still mm -hmm. had to taper down off of the medication. And so the doctor had prescribed clonidine, which worked in a snap. It was. It, I, they told me it was a blood pressure medication, but it it, it helped is as is prazosin. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh no, it it, because because a lot of the withdrawal symptoms are in the locus. What's called the locus ceruleus part of the brain, and these alpha agents are blocking there or, or stimulate, adjusting that chemistry a little bit. It's kind of complicated, um, and they work. They work. You have to use a lot of them. Uh, you have to under, you have to have some skill in using it. Here's somebody that uh, identifies as a reptile and a, a space reptile, it looks like to me. Uh, reptile hybrid, space host, space host. Uh, reptile. 
Taylor's there. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, hey there. Dr. Drew. How are you, sir? Pleasure to talk to you, mate. Greetings from down under Australia. I just I had to jump up just to say seriously, mate, thank you so much on behalf of, you know, people who have been affected by this thing, which is millions and millions, and I hate to bring it back to the vax, man. You with your status speaking up, you pretty much, I can't think of anyone else at your level that's actually doing it. So thank you, mate. I really appreciate it. You're well, a legend. What's your name? Reptile, bro. <laughs> okay, reptile, bro. <laughs> reptile, bro. Um, I, I appreciate the support. And, and again, I'm not taking a strong position one way or another. I'm trying to kind of get into the rational revolution. I'm trying to take a rational position and navigate through some of the confusing stuff that's out there. So people make good decisions. It's just healthcare decisions, plain old, plain old healthcare decisions. Uh, okay, this is uh, Ozzy, I think. I'm speaking of Ozzy. Uh, go ahead there. Hey, hands up, Ozzy. What's up? What's happening, Dota? How are I've you, got sir? another way to look at it. You said, like, answering any questions or whatnot. Mm -hmm. I do know what's going on other people here. One big family. But what do you reckon regarding biological warfare, which is what you've been, what everyone's chatting about, psychological warfare and economic warfare? And what's the last uh, one? I'm sorry, the last one was? Economic, economical, money economical welfare. welfare. You know things are working in numbers, yeah? You know the logical cochlear. You know we're all in the same boat. Hmm. So what I'm saying is, where are we heading? Don't you realize that this is the numbers and we are all on deep depression? You don't realize that. Reptile's a brother, but he's all right. He's got different, he's my brother. But what I'm saying is, I'm glad you brought me in because you're a doctor and it's the first day I've met you. So, so what do you reckon? Where are we going? Because I believe the world is a stage and we're on, like I say, the world's one day. All right. This world's one day. So, on, so uh, I, I, thank you for the question, but I do not feel up to the magnitude of what you're asking me except to say uh, in, we are clearly in new times. Clearly there's been, I don't want to use that word reset. I think that's, got, that's way too loaded. I, I think we have, we are, as you say, reckoning with this new communication systems we have with the social media and uh, the implications of that. We have, uh, you know, I can only really talk about this country. I, I know it's a global thing right now and we've been all been affected by one another and we've been watching one another and then copying one another. But what I've seen here was there are aspects, uh, powers that the government have that are excessive, that there are uh, personality proclivities amongst all of us that are concerning, that the mob action in social media and scapegoating is the proximal manifestation of all that. I am always a humanist and a and a and a optimist. I do I do believe we will get through this massive transition. I think it's a transition. I don't think it's a I don't think it's some sort of revolution. I could be wrong. I could be naive. I have a positive bias. One of the things that I know I learned, uh, if you go to my podcast, I talked several times to a uh, cognitive psychologist there. Dr. Drew podcast. Yeah, Zeb, Gleb Sabursky. I talked to him a couple of times. And we talked that one of the fundamental cognitive biases is negative bias and positive bias. Some people, 
you know, assume the worst essentially, and other people are optimistic and assume the best. I am definitely have an optimistic bias, and it, it's a it it's not it it interferes with my ability to be accurate, right? I could get something wrong, like a, something nasty as a foot here, and I don't see it because I'm maintaining my positive bias. Certainly possible, but I still believe that we're going to get through this, and I do believe that that we will learn how to. It use these things in a way that enhances humanity, doesn't tear us down. Uh, I, do, I think governments are a little out of control right now. I think their hubris and sense of uh, uh, being, all, I, they, they need a sense of uh, humility. I would look for that in our government, in our leaders. But we also need great leaders right now. We, I'm, I'm looking for that, and I, I'm not really seeing it. We need people to help lead us out of some of this or, or direct us out of it. There's Gleb Sabursky. There he is. I think it was probably the last one I did with him. Very, very smart guy. Uh, all right. Uh, shall we keep taking calls, He Susan? looks really smart. He is really smart. You didn't, <laughs> have you heard those pods? Yeah, I've heard him over the years, but he looks really smart. Do you want to have him over here? We can talk to him. We did have him here, I think. I didn't we have him here one time? I, I swear we did. Uh, okay. I'm looking at you guys, see if we can get up here. We have lots of interesting... Uh, Interested folks, sorry. Mm, okay, Jenny, let's get you up here. Jfro, Jenny. Hmm. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hey there, what's happening? Um, I just wanted to also say hello, Susan and um, hello. and Caleb, um, long-time listener. Um, I, I have a question about um, women with... Like, I think that I might have, um, a, you know, adult ADHD. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to know, is there anything that you would recommend, like, like naturally wise um, that women could do in their adult life to, like, help with it? How old are you? Um, I'm 48. One of the first things, have you had this your whole life? You've been bothered with it forever. I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain, but my my therapist just recently said I that she's fairly positive that I have it. And, okay. Um, so one of the things I would do, now it's somebody else telling you, it's not like you've been bothered with it your whole life. So first thing I would do is to check out to see if you're in perimenopause, because perimenopause can cause lots of difficulty with concentration and focus, as can okay. as can I am, menopause. And I, I I have seen a. Um, Actually, the leading gynecologist here in Vancouver on this, mm -hmm. um, and and I am in perimenopause. Are you going to get on some replacement therapies? I think it's important. Um, I haven't actually considered it. It's um, natural. That is natural, just replacing hormones. And I know there's some risk with it. Do you have any breast cancer in first degree relatives or things like that? No. Broca genes. Yeah. Ooh, so that's good. Yeah, I would talk to because I I would I would do that. I mean. Giving you a psychiatric diagnosis when you have a medical problem, you cannot imagine how frequently medical issues cause psychiatric symptomatology. You, you just can't even, it's just so common. And the psychologists and psychiatrists just jump right to a diagnosis when the actual, it's really just a symptom of a medical problem. And okay. I, I would look very carefully at that. You know, we just heard from somebody that was on clonidine for ADHD and she had good effect with that. I, I, hmm. I have ADD, but when I had perimenopause, I was scattered, yeah. angry, freaked out. 
I mean, I went through yeah, kind of I this feel, too. So it, I, yeah, I I'm feeling it, scattered myself. Yeah, you can't concentrate. It's the weirdest thing. What yeah. could just happen to you when you had that hormone yeah, crash last week? Yeah, I just had week. a bad episode because yeah. one of my pellets got infected because I'm on bioidenticals. And I'm always very even and everything's good. But what, if for some reason in August, they always get infected. So they don't, they started coming out and mm -hmm. I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I had hot flashes. I didn't sleep well. I got anxious. I got angry. I yelled at Caleb. <laughs> I literally, <laughs> and he goes, are your pellets not working? <laughs> oh um, no, it's so good. <laughs> we all know it We now. have a good relationship, Caleb and me. Yeah, yeah that's, that's so awesome. funny. Or I. <laughs> yeah, I knew right away. <laughs> I'm sorry, Caleb. Yeah. But I had a memory of how horrible it was to yeah. go through it the first time and then everybody said well you need to go on antidepressants or you need to get a therapist and i did my mom and my grandma died like a month before so i thought okay i'm just having a nervous breakdown uh -huh. but it's yeah. honestly so hard to uh cope during the day and you just feel your skin's burning and you feel tired well, it, it affects you just want brain. to take a no, nap it, it all also day affects yeah. your brain. it does yeah. affect your brain and any of those symptoms ring true for you oh yeah Absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I'm like, check, check, check. Yeah. It's not ADD. And, and, and it's, women, it's your hormones. That women always oh, do. Oh, my hormones. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I, I will go back to um, my said gynecologist and talk with pl her Please, too. because here's what women, women do. Women always do these inventories in their head and want and make themselves somehow personally responsible for their symptomatology. That's because people when, call women crazy all the when time. When in fact, it's mm, a, a legitimate biological abnormality that's sending you in that direction and it needs to be, and it has a treatment but it, just to answer your question about you know adhd there's guaifenesin there's clonidine there's stratera to some extent but I, I don't like psychostimulants start in adults. with the hormones do a full yeah. workup and then find a good hormone specialist because just any gynecologist can't do it that's true it has to be okay. somebody who knows um how these work and also isn't afraid to give you hormones because right. um a lot of gynecologists are like, well, you know, you don't want to do this. It's a little too much. And Well, they've been biased by the Women's Health Initiative, which established a standard of care, everybody. Guess what? A standard of care that women shouldn't get miserable hormones. Miserable at all and times. It, it was a wrong-headed wrong and a terrible study. How and, miserable can we make women? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through well, a really rough week, and I, I had fond memories, so I know all the symptoms because I went through it this week. And it was uh, – today I went in and I got my pellets replaced. I – they were. I told her it was like a Pez dispenser. They were just like popping out of my no, butt. No, but you, you, you really affect. I, I, one of the things I noticed prominently was your concentration. Oh, I it know. It was. It was really. Oh my god, I couldn't. I couldn't focus. It was so weird. Yeah. I, it, you just, and I couldn't like. I couldn't organize. Like I, I remember when I went through menopause and I was, I was a travel agent. I would, you know, I couldn't stay on one task and finish it i would just keep moving from task to task to task and i'd never get anything done right and I, oh he's driving me crazy oh that's that sounds exactly like what i'm going through so but in, and so if you have to ADD you too it's like it's a double insult. a double whammy yeah <laughs> yeah uh let yeah. me look all right my friend thank you so much for stepping up thank hopefully you. it helped you thank you uh let's see here Let's bring Robin up here. We'll wrap things up pretty soon here. Caleb, are we okay to wrap up soon? Oh, yes. All good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He needs to get back to the baby. So, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's almost back. Hi, Robin. Time. Okay. Robin? 
Hands up. I see you got to, you got to unmute your mic. There you are. Yeah. You know, um, I heard everything she was saying. And, you know, when I went through menopause, oh my God, like, you know, I couldn't even, like, I, I would be, I had the window open all night long. Yeah. I yeah. told my mom, I said, I told my mom, I said, if I had big boobs, I probably would have drowned myself because I'd be just sweating <laughs> all night long. And, you know, and with um, talking about, like, right now, I'm I'm taking Spalopan. Yeah, I'm taking Spalopan. I'm, I'm diagnosed with PTSD. Mm. Uh, and and I was, like, in a, uh, a narcissist relationship, mm. you know. And there was a lot of violence and mm, so sorry. that happened to me. So mm-hmm. I just try to, I just try to, you know, wake up every day. And like my grandmother told me before I even got into this fucking relationship, like she used to say, you know, you smile at the world and the world smiles back at you. She's right. And, 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 you know, I couldn't believe it. You know, I couldn't believe that. And uh, what, the movie Enough with Jennifer Lopez, that mm-hmm. movie Enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like I watch it and I'm just like, that's my life, you know? Yeah. I, I, you know, I ended up with somebody like that. I know, it's that, common. You know, telling me, love me, I was the, the only woman in the world right. that he ever met and everything. And yeah. then all of a sudden... Um, the beating started yeah. and, and over nothing. And I, and I didn't understand and I couldn't comprehend. Like I was just like, I couldn't comprehend. And you know, the sad part about it is that my pride, my pride. You wouldn't speak up, wouldn't tell anybody. No, yeah. I yeah. Didn't well, I'm anybody. glad you're out. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, Ugh. You need to recover from that. There are people that care about you out there. You just got to build relationships that that are Solid and healthy, will you? Yeah, you know, and, and uh, even today, I talked to my mom, and I told her, and she got COVID right now, and mm. I'm really worried with her um, because she'll be 94 this month. Wow! And and then, you know, then I started to cry, and I said to her, "I can't understand it. You know, I still miss them." I don't know why yeah, I don't that's, miss. It. That's the sickness of that kind of relationship. You get trauma bonded to them. Mm-hmm. You know the intensity. You got. You've got to start to learn the the relationship, the difference between intensity and love. You know, the, the real intimate connection can be intense, but not that kind of intensity. And so you get bound to that person. Really, the person that is the source of the the trauma is also the person of the attachment. It's this weird push and pull and it just is an intense thing your brain has trouble handling and it makes you more attached to them in weird ways and you you i'm glad you're out and um I, it makes me wonder if there's some sort of way we could at least one day a week to do some sort of i don't know positive kind of show without it being uh, um saccharine i don't know we'll think about it think about some sort of mechanism that we could uh, get people up at the podium here and do things that are po- positive oh, think about it Maybe it is just you know. Maybe it's just stay strong. Yeah, it may. Oh, here's Paul Mercurio telling us. Uh, yes. 
Emmy Award winning friend. Yes. <laughs> we got to go see, see you at 6.30. What time? 6.30? Right. Okay. Isn't okay. that right? I got, we got cars. We got dogs. Uh, you know, yeah, I hear the is. dogs barking. It means it's time to go, everybody. Drew, okay. before the show ends, right. I wanted to yes, point sir. something out uh, that's actually yeah. very interesting to me. Earlier, you were talking about how physicians and attorneys and mm -hmm. all of you mm -hmm. are supposed to be on a level where you're able to discuss your differences and figure things collegiality. out. Collegiality. It was something we used to live by. Be, be, exactly. Being collegial. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't yeah, know how aware ever people are. I'm sure some people are about a lot of the mean things that Dr. Gorski has said about you over the years. And yet this entire show, you've been bringing him up a lot and you've said nothing but nice things about the stuff that you agree I, on. I, 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 will, I thought that, that I was refuse, very refreshing. To I, re I refuse to go in, uh, it, where I refuse no. to go there. I refuse Why? to. Well, it doesn't get you anywhere. I, I just don't think it, I I think it's the opposite of the direction we should all be going. If if I get to lead on anything, it should be to lead on this issue that you reach, you reach your hand out when people disagree, even when they mistreat you, that's on them. That, that's educate Drew. He'll listen. No, he's and the, and the, and look, I'm just sticking with the facts. The facts is he has a pretty good article there. Way too much editorializing. It puts me off and it makes me worry about his analysis. Sorry, won't I be, like the sorry, I, I'm like glad he wrote the article. I'm happy to bring him up here. It and was talk about very the long. I did not get any of it. So yeah. if you understand it, kudos. Uh, Kate, I just thought it was really um, refreshing. Cat, thank you, uh, Caleb. Cat Dunleavy says Dennis Prager used to have a weekly happiness hour. Yeah, we, we maybe we could do something like that—a happiness hour. I don't know, something in that. We got we got to get more. Po we got to lead in a positive way. We got to commune in a positive way. Not all the time. It's not very entertaining. Hi, but maybe Rex. there's some way we can do. Say a hi. Bit. What's that, Caleb? I think that that's that's one of the things that we're planning is at least twice a month coming up soon. We're going to have uh, COVID band shows where anytime someone says okay, COVID, yeah. anything to do with COVID, yeah. I'm going to press a buzzer. We're going to talk about everything except COVID <laughs> on those shows. <laughs> the non-COVID shows. All right, we'll have those soon. I know, uh, but that woman's 92-year-old Oh, by the way, yeah, make sure she gets the Paxlovid. I would definitely get yeah, her that. Yeah, and, and also, you know, try to take care of yourself and, you know, don't drink too much or yeah. do other stuff yes, that might yes. make you not, make not able to take care of your mama. Substances. And uh, right now on the YouTube restream, there's some very nice comments. I see them. I thank you guys. Thank you for all of them. I know. I love um, all these beautiful comments. It, it's thank not you. not the usual thing we get. <laughs> Usually we're fighting off the trolls and uh, having to, having to uh, deploy Toms and other people. Uh, but we need to get going. We were in tomorrow. We're going to have one of our... Um, you know, one of our uh, um, challenging shows. We're gonna bring Dr. Victory back in here. Uh, I will, yeah, I'll send her Dr. Gorski's article and see what she thinks about it. Yeah, good and, idea. And uh, she and I have been going back and forth. We asked Dr. Gorski to come on the show, but he doesn't want to uh, respond. Has, I don't know I've asked him on the show yet, but he's certainly I, welcome. I Twittered him, but okay. he didn't um, Harvey Reish in here tomorrow, epidemiologist. I'm interested in picking his brain and getting his analysis on things. I hope this is sort of expanding your view. I, I would urge you not to hang your hat completely on any one guess. That they're not, they're not harbingers of the truth. They are just points of view that are important to listen to as you expand this understanding of this very confusing experience we have all been through. And also helps us you know, make sense of all the different 
vitriolic opinions that are out there. Try not to go too far all one way or another. And time will tell what the truth is. We'll, we'll keep watching, we'll keep walking, listening, and we'll keep um, sort of discussing this, and uh, we'll get there. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow at 3 o'clock Pacific time. That will be our last show of this week, and we'll be coming to you from New York next week. But 3 o'clock tomorrow with Dr. Victory and Dr. Harvey Reich. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. Yeah.